Getting the early numbers could be the key to success when betting on the NFL. That's why we're here to react to the pinnacle openers and analyse where the market might move. Welcome to the opening line. Hello and welcome to the opening line and we are just two games away from the Super Bowl. Two great matchups to analyse this week and, and plenty to unpack. So fortunately, our, our NFL betting experts are on hand to share their insight. Welcome to Eric Eager and Andy Molitor. And to start things off, we'll go with our, what do we call it, cheers and jeers last week. Um, oh, yeah, we're going to get sued by TV Guide if there's <laughs> Eric, you can, uh, you can kick us off this week. Who, who impressed and who disappointed you from the divisional round? I mean, I think, you know, Buffalo is the team. I think that I was the the lone person on this last week. I don't know if, you know, I don't know if they, they played well. I don't think that they uh, did much, um, you know, to, you know, uh, strike fear in the eyes of Kansas City. Um, but they did, they did come through, so that was nice. Um, that being said, uh, you know, anybody who teased that up, uh, you know, prayers for you if you had uh, Baltimore in that teaser – uh, along with Green Bay, um, and then the the late line move Sunday was crazy. Uh, you know, uh, Kansas City all the way down to what was a flat eight by the time it was over with, sort of really, and then Tampa down to two and a half. That was one you know that opened up a you know sort of a long teaser at the very end that that ended up hitting uh, despite Chad Henney having to play for Kansas City. So it was a fun weekend. Um, hopefully Mahomes plays this week. <laughs> and Andy, how about you? Yeah, jeers to the box score in the Ravens <laughs> Buffalo game because if you did bet the Ravens any way, shape, or form, just maybe don't go look at that box score because you're going to be sad. Truthfully, that the same thing with uh, Tampa New Orleans, and you know it's easy to say, well, if they didn't turn the ball over all those times, I mean that's part of the game, but I mean that that game was much closer to probably where the original line should have been if you go look at everything and just you turn the ball over four times in the divisional round yeah likely aren't going to win so uh, i think that the saints in general were kind of disappointing although and i've said this numerous times already this week like in you know it was one of those where drew and i looked at each other at halftime and said who would we rather have win to see next week if we're just a football fan it's like yeah i'd rather see tampa like the Saints are a better team, not by a lot, but I kind of will be cheering for Tampa to get this done anyway. So, and I guess from an impressing me standpoint, um, and maybe Eric will have a take on this, I don't know where I stand on Lafleur because it's hard to judge, it's hard to separate the quarterback and the coach sometimes. It's yeah. Like uh, you know, especially with last year, over over you know producing whatever you want to call it, their Pythagorean expectations so much and teams, you know, people lining up to fade him this year and coming back and playing just as well. Rodgers playing better despite them giving them nothing in the draft class they were able to. I'm not sure how many snaps the entire draft class got. So I think I'm going to have to finally just buy into Lafleur as at least an above average coach who can be, you know, you can say, oh, well, he has Aaron Rodgers. We've seen lots of really good quarterbacks wasted by bad coaches. So I yeah, think Lafleur is finally impressing me. Good, almost good offense beats a bad, a good offense beats a good defense if it's run properly. Correct. I mean, that's the, don't you think the theme of the week this week was when offense executes, defense doesn't matter. Like, you know, um, 
you you had New Orleans, who I know Rufus really liked all year, and I think almost anybody analytically. I mean, we had hit them as second in our power rankings before this week. Um, and, you know, they were they were a robust defense, and they played really well the other day. Um, Brady made some mistakes, um, but ultimately, you know, they overcame a lot of the you know Brady overcame a lot uh, of Arians issues, um, as well as you know being helped by by New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans didn't execute, and so Tampa Bay's defense looked like the best defense in that game, even though I think fundamentally that wasn't the case. L.A., their their coach was so good at defense that he got the Chargers job almost like three hours later. Um, but, you know, off, you know, Green Bay's offense executed. LeFleur has done a great job of using all four downs when necessary. Um, I think we have him as fourth in our offensive play caller rankings, so, you know, really no match. L.A. was no match there for for Green Bay and, and sort of, you know, was trending that way in Kansas City. Uh, before Mahomes got hurt. Yeah, that game wasn't looking like it was going to be very good. And the fact that it was, you know, it it wasn't fun that that's how it became a close game. But I guess in the end, it was better than just not watching the second half at all. We still had had some dubious calls, should we say, but I'm just glad that we didn't have a Twitter feed streaming with prospective NFL coaches saying that this call should have been made and that call should have been made. But um, we, we've obviously had a couple of fallers in terms of futures tickets. And I think you guys on here and Rufus who normally joins us would have been maybe more hopeful than yourself. Andy, you weren't expecting much from the Rams, but do you think you kind of got a fair shake in, in terms of how things turned out with that ticket? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't an easy path just who they had to face and, I was hoping they were, you know, at the time that I added some of that, they were kind of in line to win the division. I wanted, I I needed some things to shake out. And one of the legs I didn't expect to not shake out was the Jets game. Like that was, I mean, that was the end of that ticket for me. I needed the Rams in the two seed. The Rams had an outside shot at the one seed. You know, obviously I feel a lot better about that ticket if they're able to win the division, possibly pass up New Orleans for the two seed. Even, you know, at a certain point it was, you know, this team could win out and and take over the buy spot. The buy being massive this year with uh, just getting to host and depending, I guess, depending on who you are. I'm not sure what Los Angeles in fact, I'm pretty sure Los Angeles wouldn't have been allowing fans. So, I from a you know without getting political or anything, I guess I'm sort of glad that some of the teams that have been hosting have been able to have a small contingent of fans in the stands. It's crazy how loud Buffalo sounded, and maybe it's just because I'm not used to it. You know, I haven't I haven't watched a game with like seventy thousand fans for so long that even just six thousand nut jobs from Buffalo sounded crazy loud. Like they kudos to those the fans in the stands. Like that was that was good. They were very loud at times. So I'm I'm happy that we'll see more of that this weekend. Amen. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's a that's a cool little thing. And and you know, I, I think that they're being, you know, relatively uh, safe. Well, and there was a, those those photos of people partying in Green Bay right outside the stadium. Like you can't control that, right? So, but the having people separated in the stands, um, you know, is something that I think is is relatively okay and adds a little bit of home field advantage. Um, we'll we'll see how much that affects things in in the championship round. Kansas City's had about that many fans every game this year. Um, Green Bay is not. Green Bay was a fanless experience until the playoffs. But 
Well, you mentioned uh, two teams there, Eric, and we're talking about futures tickets. We, I mean, we had a chat with Rufus and it was all irrelevant, the, the New Orleans money line rollover and whatnot that we were discussing. But two of the teams that, that you were talking about were Green Bay and Kansas City. How are you? How are you feeling about those now? And are you beginning to think of sort of a hedge or are you just going to see those through? Well, you know, I think um, when that four was available at Tampa and you could see sort of the money coming in on it, I did grab some of that. Uh, I think now that it's down to a flat, it's not a quite a flat three yet, but it's it's trending towards that. I think people, what I, I, I want you guys' opinion on this. Is this like a, you know, how everybody used to make fun of 538 and how everybody used to make fun of ESPN, F, you know, BPI or whatever it's called. We still do. In Massey Peabody. <laughs> they make fun of Massey Peabody. Yeah. Yeah. And with like the, with the, you know, sort of like handicapping the playoffs with LeBron when LeBron used to play for the Cavs. And it was like, you know, the whole season they'd have these metrics and then they would, they would show a price for the, uh, for the NBA playoffs that were totally off because LeBron, like you just, there's a regime shift, right? Are people doing that with Brady right now? Because from what I can tell with the fundamentals, like Green Bay, I think it, three would be a little short. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm actually above three on that one, just from a pure numbers. And Tampa's looks good. I don't know. Are you saying we're paying a Brady tax? Like, Brady's, I, I Brady's, so. are we paying a Brady tax? I, I can buy I can buy that because there is so much narrative and uh, also too I guess I'd like to speak to I don't know, but Buzz Marco in here like <laughs> I wonder what what sort of money you take you know is is the money a different kind of money once you get to the playoffs because there's so few games and you get so much public or bad money just flooding into some of these markets early you know earlier in the week than no, people would normally be betting. So I, I'm not sure why we're seeing some of the moves. I, you know, I the game that opened three, I make almost four. The game that opened, you know, three and a half, four, I make almost three. So I'm close enough to these markets where I'm not excited about jumping in. But I can buy like we, we've. There's been a Kansas City tax. There's certainly, you know, there's certainly taxes on big name quarterbacks. But at the same time, you, know, you have Aaron Rodgers at home. Don't those taxes kind of offset? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the – so, again, this is completely narrative-driven. I think my number for this game, let me look here, is 3.5 for Green Bay-Tampa Bay. Yeah, what's your home so, field? Like, What's your home field for this? I think my number – One. Yeah, okay. I, so, that's I, not, that's I, not so, a lot. No, Especially I'm – Especially Tampa going to Green Bay, it's going to be like 25 degrees. You know, Tampa, what is it, probably 70s? Yeah, I mean, like, my, my rationale is that – Brady, you know, Brady's the most important player for Tampa Bay, and he has played a number of these games before. And uh, so, you know, and and um, the coaching differential in this game, like last week I said the, the you know, Bruce Arians was the most overmatched coach in the entire playoffs. Um, and I think that, that that chasm grew, right, with them moving on one round. I mean, he's given up, I think, volume-wise the most – uh, win probability on punting decisions yeah. as anybody. The ben Baldwin tweet or the yeah, yeah, the Ben Baldwin tweet. He, it, you know, I I believe you you said in your article too. I saw this morning or yesterday, but basically that was the were, were those cumulative like all the fourth downs, like the win probability you've given up or in the playoffs over the cumulative essentially bad calls 
or was it, could you gain points by making a good call in those two? I'm going to have to talk to Ben about that, I guess, but it was, uh, it was, it was just staggering how high, like they were dead last. Yeah. I think it's only the losses um, and, and Arians to his credit. So this is, this is where I get, again, this is narrative driven, but I do try to capture these things in some of my models. Um, you know, Arians went for fourth and one at the, his own 34 when they were down, I think six, right. And they converted. And then two drives later, it must've been, it was fourth and one from his own 33 and he punted. And I'm just like, you know, I, I just need some coherence in some of these things. Like I, like I look like, I don't, I don't agree with being a run first team, but like the Ravens are a run first team and sort of almost everything sort of makes sense when that you understand that that's their axiom system. Like I have no clue, like what Bruce Arians is thinking. And, and to me that like, that's tricky. And I think Brady has made up for a lot of that. And I think uh, obviously noise has too with, with last week's game and all the turnovers. Um, but in, a, in this championship game, like, you know, I, I just don't know if that's going to work. I mean, I, I think short one versus long one, right. For the, the quarterback sneak going for it. And plus, once you've done that once, you know, I think there's, I mean, I think there was knowledge that it was coming the first time anyway, but, but the whole, okay. The whole Brady being used to the cold. Okay. You know, I, if I'm out in Colorado and I'm skiing, you know, and suddenly, uh, you know, or, if I, it's in the middle of the winter, I'm coming from Boston or wherever. Um, it's cold. I'm used to the cold. Uh, if I move to the tropics or if I, you know, if it's, how about if it's in the middle of the summer, 80 degrees, suddenly, you know, I go somewhere and it's, it's 30 degrees. You're damn right. I'm cold. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not acclimatized to that. Um, I'm going to be just as cold as if I had never lived in the 30 degree place. No, I, yeah, isn't that isn't that a similar? I mean, I guess Green Bay lives there all year, but they don't practice outside every day, right? Like, and they don't. I mean, they are only playing. You know, I, I yeah, I guess I guess the there there's the home field advantage associated with the weather, but I don't think it's as stark as I mean, they they can simulate these things, right? Plus, the field is always the field is heated, like almost you know, like I, I don't know. As somebody who like grew up playing football in Minnesota, like I it, it, it's it's a totally different thing when like when we're in an NFL stadium where like the fields are heated and like, you know, they have all the accommodations and stuff like that. And I, I don't know, like there's going to be weather in these, both of these games, right. With precipitation possibilities. Doesn't that, does that even the playing field or does that make it, does that make home field advantage grow for green Bay? Yeah. And the bucks, I mean, the bucks cold weather games were, early like very early it was broncos and bears were you know october and september they did play the washington game a couple weeks ago but the the other away games were it looks like you know the last week obviously dome before that lions dome falcons dome before that panthers in november like they haven't played i guess the the only other cold weather game would have been the giants game in early november so it's i guess we're not maybe we're not the the right kind of people to make judgment calls on how quick somebody acclimates themselves to being a warm weather person. Brady did say it though. He says my, my blood thinned out or whatever, how he, yeah. Oh, yeah. he got soft. I mean, it, it, you, I, I feel like I'm softer when I go on vacation. Like if I spent six days in Cancun, I'm, I'm miserable when I have to go start my car in the airport. Like that, well, that's the worst is when you get back to Minnesota. So I can't so- imagine living in Tampa for that long. What are you guys making home field then in this one? 
shade over one, one point, like 1.5. I'm getting near, but just because it is, I mean, it is Green Bay, cold weather city. I'm not putting a lot of it like Brady is a warm weather quarterback. It's just, it's a cold weather game and it's your home field and you have fans. So I'm closer to one and a half. By the way, I, w- I pulled up the, because uh, I, I remember um, back in 2007 when I was doing like lit review for an uh, economics professor back at Yale, I um, found this stuff about the home weather acclimatization effect. Um, home, ab- so I, I found this abstract from this article by Richard Borg Gacy, University of South Florida in Tampa Bay, by the way. In Tampa's college. Yeah. Uh, and, and basically they studied data from, or they studied games um we test price efficiency in the NFL point spread betting market by examining the relationship between betting line forecast errors and game day temperatures for 5,463 NFL games from 1981 to 2004. Our main contribution to the existing literature is the identification of a mispriced acclimatization advantage associated with games played in extreme temperature conditions. Results suggest that, that game day temperature significantly affects team performance and that this information is not efficiently incorporated into bet prices. Now, it may be more efficiently incorporated into betting prices now, but that means it has an impact. Like, and that's basically what the finding was here. And um, if I remember correctly, they looked at the difference between the city that a team was traveling to uh, the weather that week and the weather they played in um, versus the difference between, well, the team, um, like, let's say, you know, well, versus the difference between um, the weather, the home team's weather that week and what it ended up, um, you know, cause if it was 70 degrees for the home team also, you know, and then it suddenly went down to 30 degrees, like, you know, I think Denver occasionally goes from 90 degrees down to 30. Um, yeah. right. You know, so, um, that wouldn't be an advantage, but, um, I, I don't remember exactly how large it is, but I mean, I'm using, I'm using home field of two points basically here. And I think I might be a little low given the weather impact. Yeah. You, so, yeah. And I guess, you know, Sunday is actually going to be one of the better days as far as what, as far as temperature here, right? Because you're looking at 21 Friday, 21 Saturday, 29 Sunday, but then you have the precipitation. Yeah, yeah. Tampa, Tampa weather is in the low low 70s, high 60s. So, I mean, is this does this would you categorize this as extreme? Like, yeah, this is definitely okay. extreme for NFL. I mean, well, especially given the Green Bay, it's going to be like 20 degrees all week. It's yeah. not like players are just traveling in tunnels between home and, you know, practice or whatever. They're, they live, they live there, I guess, during the season or around yeah. there. Right. They have to yeah. get, they have to get in their car and warm it up and they, you know, yeah. no, no, you're right. I mean, it, it, so, it's cold AF there. And so I think this is, I mean, this is like a, this is 40 plus degree difference for Tampa. Well, 50 degrees between Green Bay and Tampa weather for the week. So. But somebody, so if you have home field at two points, I mean, it's three minus 120. Is that short then? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of, I mean, I, I think even for me, like I said, I had home field as one and I didn't like adjust it up for, you know, what's, what seemed to be dubious reasons now, but I, even then I'd still like Green Bay. Um is that, I mean, like, does that mean, does that mean the market is sort of, I mean, is this a New England with Tom Brady situation? Like where most systems, like I just think about the Rams Super Bowl, was it two years ago where the, the, the books open LA at like what, minus two, minus one and a half. And then all the money came in on New England. And, you know, basically again, that those aren't key numbers or anything, but like right. people are sort of like, you know, Brady is just, you know, you're paying a Brady tax. Are people paying, 
like are we you know are we seeing money coming in because of this brady idea think about I the think media so. and i think, think about the media you've seen recency yeah the, the the recency and and the the media narratives that have already trickled it's tuesday and think about every stat we're seeing we're not seeing hey here's here's a snapshot of how good of a season rogers has had it's like this is brady's 14th at, you know conference championship yeah. game brady has more than this team has in that like every single stat that people are yeah. popping out on social media is just about man brady's been amazing for just crazy long time and yeah he has it's those are fair those aren't made up overfit stats he's he's been on some amazing teams for a very long time but maybe that is going to drive you know the some bucks mania here well yeah. and it wasn't like the Bucks outplayed the Saints. Uh, no, right. It was four turnovers. It was it was Breeze being like, you know, Breeze being completely done. And if Winston had played in that game, maybe the Saints if Winston had played the entire game, maybe the Saints win. I mean, what the funniest thing about the Winston thing is like, what's the worst thing that could happen if you're famous <laughs> in the game? You turn the he ball over. Exactly. It's like you get the same shit with another. So my, my, I agree with you. I don't like and the other thing is is Tampa. I, I'm sorry, but Washington gave Tampa a game in the first round too. Like, uh, you know, they I, yeah. what was it? They closed eight, so I think they pushed. But like, it wasn't, you know, Arians and you know, I think Bowles, you know, Bowles interviewing for head coaching jobs is also, uh, I think, a distraction kind of thing. Like, I there are some issues with Tampa that I, I I the only reason I took some of them at plus four was just as sort of a hedge with with some of the futures I had with Green Bay. But at three, I mean, especially if it gets if it gets a three minus one ten, I mean, is that the best bet of the weekend? I think it's a good bet. I, I don't think it's the best bet. Actually, my number my number with priors, um, I'm I'm higher on Tampa with priors because of the Brady and because Rogers was bad well not bad he just wasn't rogers the last few years as much as you know he usually mm -hmm. is but but is is three and a half and without priors is green bay minus 5.1 so um I, I i like it i don't love it but you know at, at this point in the postseason you're not going to have numbers that are way off it's just that's just the way it is yeah but we, just, we spoke uh, with that though last year we felt we felt like we hadn't seen one that off in a long time like the the niners laying seven on green bay I just felt like it was an instant bet for both of us. And we talked about that. We had like two or three of those last postseason. And just, uh, I think things have been tight this year. I don't know. I just haven't fired on much this postseason at all. I don't, I don't know if it's just, it's a small sample. You're not having much. You haven't gotten many, many upsets, right? I think Tampa, Tampa was a team that even people who backed New Orleans, you know, were kind of, I, I even think people were a little bit hesitant about New Orleans last week. Like, there haven't been that many like upsets like Tennessee beating Baltimore, right? Like Pitt, we all knew, kind of knew Pittsburgh was weaker, right? So, you know, Seattle, that, yeah. yeah, Seattle was, you know, and whereas last year, I mean, you had, you had the Tennessee thing, which threw everybody for a loop. Plus they were a team who was very game script dependent. So, right. So they play a team like Baltimore and, you know, they're, they play right into what Tennessee does well. Whereas when they play Kansas city, it's sort of a fifth shot. Like there were, and then Green Bay too. Like the whole the whole market thought the idea that Green Bay having the same price as Minnesota did the week before because Green Bay swept. And everybody thought like Green Bay was this like wildly underrated team. Um, whereas most people betting it were like, no, Green Bay is actually a nine win team. And you know that was kind of what you saw. But 
Just uh, just away from the side, I mean, it's obviously a hot topic of debate, but a couple of things maybe to, to kind of pull together there. We talk about the weather um, and this this Brady tax. Now, the total's actually gone up two points, and, and people might be listening thinking, well, if it's if it's cold, surely they're going to struggle to bump that total up, or is it? Do you think people buying into the potential of Brady to, to put some points on the board? Is there? Have you guys any thoughts on the total as well? Yeah, it is up to like 50. I saw, I'm not sure where it bottomed out. It's like 51 painted right now, it looks like. Um, my main concern, and maybe it's a concern with Tampa in general as well, is the success of Leonard Fournette last week and the fact that Green Bay, you know, everybody knows they are a little soft against the run. So I think it would almost be to Tampa's, you know, disadvantage to. It might be to their disadvantage that he did have a half decent week, and they're going to continue to do that if they said, "Oh, like playoff Lenny, that's a thing. Like that's fun. People are talking about us online." If they want to just keep with that, the, the why are why are we doing that? Like, they were given very short fields. They took advantage of it. They got the game. You know, it wasn't gifted to them. They played well, but they took advantage of their short fields. They won the game. But if they think that's like a, that's something they need to feature is Leonard Fournette. I think that hurts them from a side and it hurts, it hurts this total. The total. Yeah. I think it yeah, has moved around quite a bit. So it's actually come down. It went up and, and dropped down by two points now. Yeah. that uh, I think that, I think a lot of that was, is, was that weather related? We're, where sort of the forecast became more ominous. Yeah, because it's, it's only recently. So my, my guess would be, yeah, people have then bought into that idea of the cold weather dropping it down. The other side of this, though, Andy, is that Green Bay, you know, L.A. by design is an, a run-enticing team. Um, Tampa Bay is actually, I think, a little bit more old school in that they sort of start with the fronts and and play coverage secondarily. So, and you see Vita, Vita Vea might play this week, like, there's there's a chance that Green Bay moves away from the run first team that they were last week, um, and and become a drop back team, um, which I think helps the total right. You want the ball in Rodgers' hands, you know, more often than not. But that, that's again uh, my guess. I, I'm not exactly sure um, if that's how they'll do it. If they'll be stubborn and run Jones, Dylan, and and Williams into that front. Yeah, hopefully they're not stubborn on that. And it, you know, just his. EPA per drop back, and I mean, you don't have to say like, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers is good, Devontae Adams is good." But yeah, if they if they smarten up and say, "Well, like we could run into the teeth of possibly Vita Vea," and I mean the the linebackers played pretty well against the run, we could run against that. Or there's Devontae Adams and Tanyan who's playing pretty well, and you know even Lazard is a, is a is a deep threat at times. We have some decent receiving options, and we have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Why not just throw that again to help Screen Bay as a side and probably pushes that up towards the total. So it, a lot of it's going to be probably dependent on game plans, and I think maybe a live betting opportunity there if Green Bay seems pretty content to throw the ball in early downs, you know, Green Bay team total over live, Green Bay, Green Bay, the game over, all those are probably good looks. Right. I'll, uh, let's get us on to the AFC. Uh, we, we chatted on the NFC for a good 20 minutes. We'll, we'll be here for the hour again, if we keep going from there. Wait, wait, really quickly. I did pull up this, the paper with the specific numbers in terms of the actual, um, I didn't have to pay. I found a different link, so I don't. Have to pay <laughs> I was going to say, if it's beyond a paywall, you have yeah, to. Yeah, no. 
this. No, I mean, the mean temperature advantage for the highest qu quartile of the acclimatization, cold acclimatization advantage is 23 degree advantage. So this is going to be greater than 23 degree advantage. Yeah. And the mean temperature there is 32.6 degrees. Um, in those games, there were 347 and they the forecast error was 2.4 points. This is 81 to 2000. Four, I guess so. Home cut the home covered fifty six and a half percent. P values less than point. The p values point zero zero seven nine, and it's also significant the second highest quartile as well. Um, so I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's obviously not a huge sample, but it's it's telling, and and it would be interesting to interesting to update that data. But I I would need to go scrape like actual temperatures from city weather. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean that's a good that's that's good to note um, for sure. I mean that's that's significant. Um, I wonder. Yeah, the, the great question is: over the last fifteen years, have they improved travel? Have they improved you know amenities, sideline amenities, and stuff like that for teams enough for that to be gone away with? That's a good probably, point. Probably not as much as we think, though. Probably not as yeah. much as I said off the top of my head. There weren't heated yeah, fields. Yeah, in the 1980s. you don't have Joe Namath in a fur coat on the sidelines anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, glo and glove technology is different, like all that kind of it's, stuff. I mean, it's a fair point. Better heaters. Yeah. yeah. Right. And but so, the fact that there was yeah. signal at one point is, is something. Yeah. yeah. Our agree. AFC game, Buffalo Bills at Kansas City Chiefs. And this one, plenty of talking points again, some, some notable movements for, for obvious reasons and the uncertainty over Mahomes. Um, Pinnacle actually went up as a pick and i think elsewhere actually made the bills favorites um it's now minus three on the chiefs the, the total is up to 51 after opening up at 49 and a half um a case could probably be made for both teams but i don't know it's that question mark still isn't it like the news is positive over Mahomes, but but do you risk it was anyone in early has anyone got in since how are we feeling about this one i, I love I, I feel like i'm free rolling taking buffalo here you know, it's it, so the question is, what's the probability Mahomes is out? I think if you think it's more than like 20 percent or, or limited, um, then if it's more than 20 percent, I think it's a fantastic bet on the bills, basically, because I think with Mahomes um, with Mahomes, I basically make the number um, KC minus 2.2. I have these teams very, very close to even. And so uh, it comes down to what's your home field advantage. Basically, I have the Chiefs like a, th a third of a point better. Uh, what's your home field advantage? And uh, yeah, so basically, I mean, I, I I love the Bills side. I took plus three yesterday. I think if if because what's the line like if Mahomes doesn't play, right? Three, I mean, three the other way. And it's he's got the net. It's not just a concussion. It's like that. It's not a con. I mean, it didn't look like a concussion on the field when you no, when yeah. I mean you saw the wooziness. That looked like a concussion. But I was like, where's the impact of the head? I guess it was sort of the back of the head helmet. Well, Maybe I, mean, just no, I didn't. I didn't think there was impact. Like when I first saw it, when I saw the replay, and then as I saw him get up, his leg gave out. I thought it was a leg injury. I thought like, oh, his knee's done. Like the way that leg went out, and then you see it's like, oh, he's woozy. What is? Yeah. So I've watched it back. And it was the choking, or if there was some nerve damage. So it's tough, tough to guess. Um, well, just the fact that they're hanging this three makes me think that your twenty percent is high by about a multiple of four. Maybe that they're, that they're putting this up. Well, I believe I believe it's like ninety five five at this point that he plays. Yeah. I but get what you're saying. Here's but the I, thing, mean, I don't think they would have hung a line if this was a regular season game right now. Well, I yeah. mean limits limits right. wise, I haven't actually looked, so I don't know what we're like whether those limits are potentially dropped down a little bit just to kind of cover off in that aspect. But 
Obviously, it's there for the taking if people want to. We took plus three, minus 103, I think, at Pinnacle yesterday. Yeah. I think, I mean, the thing about it, I, I agree with Rufus's reasoning 100%. And here's why. Last year, So last year when, when Mahomes got injured, there were legitimate sources that were saying Mahomes is good enough to play in the Green Bay game, the week immediately following it. And for that reason, I, when they played Green Bay, they were like plus four and a half. I took the plus four and a half thinking almost the exact same thing that Rufus said, which is like the tail risk here. If you're going to lay the points with Green Bay or just simply not take the points with Kansas City and that one game was immense, right? Because, you know, Mahomes, we have him worth somewhere between – it depends because Reed is a, co- co- a confounder here. But, like, Mahomes is worth something like 7 to 10 points more than a replacement-level quarterback, depending upon who the coach is. And so, like, if – and the other thing that's that's different about this game, even relative to Mahomes' knee last year, this isn't a decision Kansas City gets to make. It's a – they have to – he has to be cleared by an independent neurologist. And, like, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to diagnose his, his injury or whatever. He also had a toe injury that, that looked non-trivial. But yeah. nobody, yeah, nobody's Kansas, talking about the foot. Kansas City does not – Kansas City does not get to control this this situation. Like, it, it is left 100% to the independent neurologist. And even if that percentage – like, look, and, and again, this is coming from somebody, again, who has Kansas City exposure for the Super Bowl, AFC, and all that. Like – if you're getting if you're if you're getting even three even like three you're getting that eight nine percent that lands on three like that to me like you have to take it because you know the moment if they're if they're what happens if they say okay Mahomes hasn't passed the protocol and it's Wednesday where's the number then two and a half and then if they, they say Thursday hasn't passed the pro, like you know the uncertainty is only going to grow in my estimation because of the nature of these you know the, these concussion things and what's the number if Mahomes is full strength. Well, I mean, so so four. they hung up three and a half. You think it's after. four? I think it goes the other way. I don't think it's four. I don't think it goes the other way in this particular game. Like, let's say they clear him tomorrow. I don't think it goes to four. They they had it at three and a half after Buffalo won on Saturday. I think Kansas City played well enough against Cleveland in the first two and a half quarters to possibly like push the narrative out to four. I, mean, I think fundamentally this is a three and a half. Yeah, there, um, there were look-aheads, and granted, low-limit look-aheads, but there were look-aheads at five and a half. I would have it four. I, I mean, I'd probably agree with you that maybe it bumps, but I mean, even at three and a half, it probably doesn't get to four because there is resistance at three and a half. Like, that, pe- plenty of people would be happy to bet that. There are tons of people. Three to three and a half, I'm basically paying. Like, it, it's a little over four, per, shade over four percent, basically, in terms of the value there. The, the mean, toe injury would probably be getting plenty of buyback on three and a half. So, you, I mean, you're probably right. It doesn't move much. Um, well, and I also, think, I also think that like, and, and this could be, ta- I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like preseason, more people are, were buying into Kansas city than Buffalo. Buffalo is a team that people are finally starting to come around on. Right. Like, and so you get to this position. I feel like, again, as somebody who has doubted the bills repeatedly, three is a gift here because of a, the Mahomes uncertainty, but also, like you know, just the just the way that like I'm balanced out here. I I don't know. Like I, I agree with Rufus that there's so much uncertainty associated with Mahomes that I can't lay it with Kansas City here. And you know, I think Buffalo is, you know, Buffalo is giving you sort of a, a like they could probably cover this three in many cases. You know, if, at, at full strength. Right, and I think like I actually would lean Buffalo at plus three. 
with full strength Mahomes. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, Buffalo has been the better team this season by the predicted metrics. Obviously, priors do matter, but I mean, just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, yeah I have a hard Kansas time reconciling tried. like the last eight weeks of the Kansas City season. You know, just reconciling how they how they played and some of how those box scores ended up with how they how good the team truly could play, has played, yeah. will play, can play. So I still make it four. I took a small position on the three. I'm, you're making me doubt myself with you know just thinking of the math. Well, because you know of the the high uncertainty of it. But I mean, not not going tinfoil on this. But man, I mean, Goodell Goodell has done. You can say he's an independent neurologist. I can see, and I made a joke about this. Like uh, in my joke, it was Andy Reid doing it. But I could see Goodell's crony walking up to the independent neurologist and casually dropping that he knew where that guy's kids went to school. And here's a picture of your wife. You know, like it it would behoove the league for this concussion protocol to be passed. Well, that was you know as as a fan of the team like that was the saddest part about Sunday was not only like do we have to grind out this game with Chad Henney but it was also like do we have to watch an AFC championship game with Chad Henney against Josh Ant like that you know a huge mismatch there but I, I don't know the 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 fact is is these two teams are very similar defensively I think they do a lot of the same stuff I think Kansas City is actually more talented than Buffalo is defensively but on the offensive side of the ball like it like other than the quarterback position, I think it's kind of like it's kind of a wash. Like no one in the league can tr- cover Travis Kelsey. No one in the league can cover Stephon Diggs. Tyree Kill is a, a mismatch as well. But the other receivers for Buffalo are tremendous too. Davis Beasley got an All Pro vote, and uh, John Brown. Like th- this is this is two teams that are relatively equally yoked. Both teams have great coaches. I think Andy's a little bit better than McDermott, but. The Mahomes, like the Mahomes thing, even if he does play, like we've seen it before, where a guy is just a little bit, you know, a little bit off. You have the toe injury that reduces one of the things he does really well, which is his mobility. He's probably not going to run as much if there's a, you know, concussions are known to be, you know, things that can be, you know, that more highly correlated from one to another. So, like, there, you know, I'd like to see Kansas City win because I'm a fan, but like, I, you know, it, it's it's certainly. Not it's certainly not something where even if Mahomes plays, I think it's a lock in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I think you, it, it's uh, a smart franchise too. You you wonder how they weigh this. Like it yeah. would be nice to win a Super Bowl this year, but the contract we just gave this guy and how we're structured going forward, like is it worth risking him for this one run? You know, you do get if you win this game, you get two weeks for him to fully probably fully recover, especially in the toe injury. And I think the toe injury is being underplayed. If it's turf toe, like people have said, like that's a nasty one. And that can, you know, you can say his, his running, his scrambling designed runs, but that that's going to affect the way you drop back. It's going to affect the way you plant and throw I mean, that can affect his whole game. I'm not really making a strong case for this. Position. Well, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. It was a run, I think, where he picked up a he picked up a few yards, but I mean, he was literally like dragging his foot behind yeah. him. Well, and, and you look at it in the past. I mean, teams with running quarterbacks, um, they will. I well, the smart teams will sort of save them for the high leverage games and situations, right? I mean, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna you know you're not gonna dive head first like going for a fourth down with your quarterback against the Bengals. Um, if you're a smart team, at least. And so, I mean, in the past, like Mahomes has had bigger rushing games in 
uh, you know, well, in the Super Bowl, he had a bigger rushing game, and then he thankfully lost all those yards on the last kneel downs, uh, the negative 10-yard kneel down, which saved, saved my ass. But, um, but I, I mean, I, I do think that's one of the aspects of, like, Reed being better against better teams or, you know, and the fact that he'll know that he can deploy Mahomes running the ball more. And he did like what? I mean, they, he had that option run or it wasn't even an option. It was just a, you know, sprint, right. I guess. Uh, yeah. The, touch, the first the touchdown touch of the game. game. Which, yeah, that which, was a, they ran that play in the Super Bowl too, against San Francisco. Like, you know, to your point, Rufus. Yeah. And well, just one, one final question from me about the, the chiefs and all this talk about the injury it's, it's dominated everything. And I guess, one thing or one sort of recurring theme we've had is this idea of the the Chiefs struggling to cover the question of, oh, can they go into third, fourth gear or whatever it might be? Is it now like, Eric, you're kind of talking about supporting the team and being a fan. Are people not worried too much now about covering the spread and they're now more thinking about like they've just got to win the game? I mean, obviously this is a betting show, but the kind of the, the discussion that's going on, it's simply about can they win, not can they cover? Well, and and again, this is, you know, it's it, it sort of, and this is the struggle that people that model football have is like, how do you, you know, Kansas City might be just this strange team where like, yeah, you, you know, you, you optimize using all of your past data and this ends up being the, the proper decay coefficient to use for, you know, play success relative to score differential in time. But there might be a situation where like Andy Reid or whatever is so, you know, is so, uh, well, well informed, you know, about like, you know, ending games with completions that like, maybe that doesn't apply necessarily to Kansas city. I know that's a silly thing to say, but like football is a small sample game. We've also haven't seen Kansas city like with, I mean, this would be tied with the lowest spread that they've had with Tampa Bay and with new Orleans, both of those games, they ended up, I believe pushing right um, at the three. So you know, that again, I, I think I think it's somewhat endpointing, but you know, after a while, like the fact that they haven't won a game by a full touchdown in two and a half months, uh, does you know, does give rise to some skepticism, yeah. And last, like, narrative y thing, and it's a narrative y thing that has actually shown minor signal, like, especially early rounds, early careers, but it's still like a, a very young quarterback who has made a lot of mistake throws that he just hasn't been punished for, especially over the second half of the season in a huge spot on the road with some fans. Like if Josh Allen doesn't compose himself, it yep. might not matter, you know, what the number is. Oh, you were talking about, I thought you were talking about Mahomes for a second. Then yeah. he said on the road, <laughs> Mahomes is a young quarterback. He's still made, he is- he has made some throws that should have been intercepted that have not also. Yeah, no, and to your point, like the the one, gosh, I'm trying to think a couple weeks back, maybe it was the second half last week of the season there. He, he, or the Miami game possibly, he had a couple that were, that went unpunished, especially down around the, the goal line. So, uh, yeah, I don't, this is, this might, it's funny that out of the two games, this might not be the better game, which is wild if you said that to me a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many talking points across both of the games, and look, we could we could be here all day, sort of talking about it and analysing what what the markets are doing and stuff like that. But I know you guys are, are very busy, so we'll we'll wrap it up for today. I just want to say thanks to Eric, Rufus, and Andy for coming on, and obviously we'll be back next week where we're talking about the Super Bowl. So we'll we'll see you next time. And if you are betting, all of the odds are available on Pinnacle.com. Best of luck with any bets, and remember to always gamble responsibly.